Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good afternoon, everybody, on Zoom. And we have two people here in the room who have been incredibly patient. This is a very large meeting room with lots of tables. It's the kind of setup you might see if you were having a luncheon. So when I came in here and had absolutely no idea how to communicate with any of you out in the uh, world outside of Omaha, it was a little bit frustrating. So with much thanks to Ira and Maria's guidance, I found the microphone. Um, my name is Leah Gardner. I'm Vice President of Blind Pride International. And we are going to be talking today uh, about beyond the concept of swiping when it comes to romantic um, relationships and building them. And I think a lot today, EPI has done over the past number of years, EPI has had numerous presentations on dating apps. Um, I thought that this year we have to try something a little bit different. And Talk about when you do meet somebody, how do you build rapport with them? How do you know if that situation is something that might be viable over the long term? Um, and I, I thought that we would kind of um, examine that today and put the uh, cell phones away for a little bit and just discuss how we as people talk to one another. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to ask the people here in Omaha to introduce themselves. This is going to be really hard, Maria, because I'm really not able to walk around. Um, so, Okay, so in that case, do you think you can kind of repeat in terms of the introduction and um, just maybe some comment that they make if people can't come up there, just kind of give a, a quick play, a quick summary of what someone has said? Yes, I can do that. Perfect. So I, I, a few people just walked in. I know that we have two folks. If someone just wants to, I can't see you raise your hand. So if someone wants to just uh, pop out with their name and maybe what they're hoping to get from this presentation, that would be fantastic. So thank you, Camille. Camille is here, and she's learning, wanting to learn how to make some potential lifelong connections with people and gain some tips on um, uh, interaction. Is that is that a good summation? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Camille. Anybody else? So Steve from Des Moines would like to maybe get some ideas of how to overcome the complications that alignments uh, brings to the yeah, If there's somebody over kind of to my right. Edward is here, and he wants to look at learning how to build a friendship family before the romance aspect comes into it, and have both the romance and the friendship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. All right. I, I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? Yeah, I missed one person, Maria. 
My name is Sam Fossil, and I would like to network and make I'm hoping try to enter those and goal. Sam has introduced himself, and he is hoping to uh, learn some tips on also building some lifelong, um, you know, relationships with people that may potentially ultimately end up as a romantic situation. Is that yes. fair, Sam? Yes. Okay. All right. So, Linda, you may go ahead now. But anyway, my name is Linda Faust. I'm from uh, Sudbury, uh, Sudbury, Massachusetts. Um, I debated whether I should go to this anyway because I'm like in my 70s, <laughs> but I'm single and I really would like to know about uh, the dating thing if I'm able to hear it. Um, what else? That's it, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, the nonverbal communication thing, I know that's uh, a problem. And with the hearing impairment, it's like double jeopardy. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for your patience and. Uh... You know, there's there's there is no age limit on on finding companionship. So next we have Sue Ellen. Okay, my name is Sue Ellen. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and what I'm looking for is to try and find um, uh, friendship, companionship, um, really connections that you know they could lead to romance, but if nothing else to really close friendship, to just, you know, someone to do stuff with, um, you know, to go to the concerts in the park and go to the shows and go out to eat one, or to a movie once in a while, that kind of thing. Great. Thank you, Sue Ellen. So it sounds like a lot of people are on the same page um, who are here uh, in terms of just looking for ways to um, bond with people and potentially have it lead towards something um, romantic or, or maybe not. So let me just tell you a story about why I decided to facilitate this conversation today. Just FYI, I am 46 years old. Um, I have had a lot of ups and downs in my romantic life. And um, I had an incredibly difficult um, breakup in 2015 that really, I guess, kind of eviscerated my whole my whole perception of even wanting a, a relationship and what it could be. And um, it took me a long time to come back to a place where I really felt like I could be open enough and, and free enough to um, invite. And over the time, I spent a, a great deal uh, of mental power thinking about it and reflecting on what went wrong with a lot of the relationships in my life and as well. But I. Um, I sort of misfired. Um, and then last Christmas time, I um, was really not even paying much attention at all. Um, well, I'm trying international have a WhatsApp group for our members. That was um, in a lot of conversations that I felt incredibly compelled. I felt like we had a really similar sense of humor. So I was in no place, I didn't think, in uh, last December around Christmas time to even begin talking with anybody in any kind of romantic way. However, um, as part of the group discussion, I felt that both of us were really in sync with a lot of our perceptions about life and um, 
uh, about our ideals. And um, I thought about it for a while, and I decided to begin messaging this particular individual um, privately. And I was really nervous about it. You know, it had been a very long time since I, I really had um, taken that sort of plunge, I think, to reach out to somebody. And um, I was very lucky that they they responded back. And we started just engaging in this continuous WhatsApp conversation. And the messages got longer and longer. Um, we were sharing so many sort of details about our lives. And I think in the process of that, you know, we, we shared a lot of vulnerability. Um, and it wasn't just the constancy of the messages, there was a lot of substance. And I remember we had, I think in January, this discussion about <laughs> deal makers and deal breakers in relationships. And we were very much on the same page. Um, I think we, we have very similar sort of um, perceptions about politics, um, about religion. And I kind of felt like there was just something clicking. Now, it still remains to be seen whether how, how this is going to evolve over time. Um, <laughs> this person lives in Canada. Of course, it's got to be somebody from another country. It couldn't be somebody right down the road. That's, that's how these things seem to work. Uh, but I, I have been to visit them once, and it was, it was a great visit. But we spent a good six months really talking to each other. And I think when I look back, I have been somebody that really tries in the past to form something substantial and long-lasting too fast. And ultimately, I think when it happens very quickly, you don't spend that much, enough time sort of learning about the other person and what what their likes are, what their dislikes are. Um, I think really kind of connecting on a on a friendship level first was a big shift for me, and not not getting too ahead of myself as I have in the past. I think sometimes if you immediately bring out the possibility of romance, you, you skip all the uh, intricacies of getting to know one another first. Um, I, I don't know how this is going to shape out ultimately. <laughs> I think one thing that this person I have said is like to hope uh, to, to adventure and to friendship. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where it uh, takes us. But one thing I have gained from this is this idea of, of slowing down um, and not feeling that you need to have your romantic future laid out before you. You don't need to know all the answers immediately. Um, I'm curious maybe if I can ask some people to talk about past relationships that they've had and what they feel worked and, and maybe what, what didn't work. Does anybody want to Edward? Okay. So, yes. someone that is not exactly you know the same hobbies and, and interests that you have so that you can actually learn from one one another and and 
play off of each other's strengths and complement each other's weaknesses. So Edward just said that difference is good in in relationships with people that uh, he you know doesn't want to date himself, and so um, he you know would like somebody that was has worked or, or people that um, are maybe not not completely opposite but have other interests to bring to the uh, to to the relationship. Is that a that was a quick summation, but, um, you know, I think that's really, really, I just want to, just want to touch on that point. I, I think obviously everybody is different. Um, and for me, I, I definitely would concur that like, I don't want to date myself. I definitely do not want to date myself. <laughs> I've learned to respect myself over, over the years. Um, but I don't, you know, but I do love those moments where you realize that you have something um, that you're in sync with somebody. I remember um, I, I'm somebody that's loves, I, I, I love to read. I love baseball, but I don't necessarily have what people would call hobbies. And that's something that <laughs> my past partners have kind of complained about. So one thing that really struck me was that, this person that, that I'm talking to now said at one point, you know, people tell me I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> it was like a, um, it was like a click moment. And sometimes, you know, th- those little bursts of connection really, really say a lot. All right. Somebody had their hand raised. Um, all right. Sue Ellen, go ahead. Okay, one thing I've noticed, I tend to meet people through Facebook groups um, and things, but one thing I've noticed is so many people, A, they want to rush into the romantic and skip the friendship part altogether, and B, they're very, I guess the word would be crude about it. They, you know, it's, I I don't do crude uh I'm a bit of an old school as far as that sort of thing. Um, um, and it just, where are the normal people? It's so hard to find the people that want to actually have conversations um, without there being an agenda involved. You know, Sue Ellen, I toyed with the possibility of calling this discussion mature dating. <laughs> <laughs> and decided not to because I thought that that might be that might be um, insulting. But what you're saying speaks directly to that idea that I do think there gets to be a point in life where you potentially are looking for somebody who is going to be um, a, a partner and a friend and someone that you can share with. Not just, you know, physically, but mentally and emotionally and, you know, all, all, all of the, uh, all of the above. And, and I do think it's harder right now in the society that we live in when so much is about swiping to this connection and looking at this profile and trying to base our perceptions of people on so little. So I think let's, um, talk about ways that people are trying to connect with other folks. Um, is it, is it online? Is it by um, joining different groups in, in our communities? How are people primarily trying to connect and, and form um, bonds with other people? I'm talking about bonds in general, because I, I, I often think that a lot of, of bonds that, that begin as friendship ultimately sometimes take that, um, that journey in, into something romantic. So I'm just thinking about how do people bond with other humans to, to, to start with? All right, Camille. 
So Camille gets to know a lot of people uh, through her community and various community groups. Um, And she's also part of a a telesupport um, community and also to some degree from from social media. And I I think that's pretty representative of 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 a lot of us, you know, now some technology you know, some um, personal interaction, especially now that we hope that COVID is winding down to some degree. Um, there, There's more human out in the world social interaction. All right. I know we had some hands raised. We have Sue Ellen. Okay. Um, one thing I will say, I do meet people either through uh, Facebook groups, um, I, I don't do a lot out in the community anymore because I've tried that and I found too often it was, you know, um, people would talk about doing fun things and stuff like in church and stuff around me. They wouldn't necessarily include me. So I've stuck to online and also I've met people through playing, um, of all things, Dice World. I, met, I use the chat feature. And I talk to people and sometimes, you know, we just chit chat. There have been people I've met that I've been talking to and become, become decent friends, decent friends with over time. That's neat. I, I've heard other people say that they, you know, that they've met folks through the chat features in, in different online games. Um, I never, you know, I never really had thought of that, but you're not the only person that has um, mentioned that. Yep, I am. So that was a really great, that was a really great comment. And that's somebody new that came in the room uh, since I started. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I, I thank um, Anthony for, for coming in and, and adding his contribution. So what he said is that he had made some friends um, through playing Farmville, which I don't think is a Facebook game anymore. I, I feel like Farmville is defunct. But again, uh, you know, playing, uh, you know, playing a game that people have in common. Words with friends. That's right. Heard a lot of people talk about words with friends. The other thing he said is that he he uh, met some people uh, through through Match.com that became really good friendships, uh, and that he tended not to respond to anybody uh, that didn't write more than a, than a paragraph because, it, you know, I, I agree with that. I think that shows substance when now definitely depends what you're looking for. Um, it, you know, so if you're looking for something that is, um, a viable bond and not, not something quick, um, that definitely sounds like a good parameter for testing that if somebody really takes the time to actually write to you about about themselves byron hi everybody how you doing hey byron hey um you know my comment is that um because you're talking about mature dating and i think sometimes we have to be mature enough to know that we are not ready to date right some Mm -hmm. of some of us have been through some nasty breakups or 
you know, we had some trauma in our lives. And um, <clears throat> sometimes knowing that you need to go and take some time to work on yourself um, and become a better version of yourself before you try and, and date. And that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm in the process of working, uh, you know, I'm going to be working with a therapist soon um, and just working on myself and having the maturity to love myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't need someone else right now. I would love to have someone else when I'm, when I'm ready emotionally and, 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 and these scars that, you know, uh, that I've got right now have healed, but uh, having the ch- maturity to say, I don't need to date right now is, you know, that's, that's, that's a big deal. You know, if you're getting clapping here from Omaha, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just want to take off on that for, for a moment and, and really, really value that. I think though, that there's, there's a, a corollary to that Byron. And it is that one of the hardest things I have dealt with is People saying to me that I that when I'm in the opposite situation, when I want to date them, that <clears throat> that they're not ready. <clears throat> but when I look back on it, that kind of honesty, uh, I so respect because you know they told me at the outset that they were not looking for something um, long term, and. I didn't always want to hear it <laughs> and I didn't always really listen. But when I look back on it, a lot of people tried to, to tell me that they were in that kind of place that you are um, highlighting now. And so it's really important. I think if somebody does say that as, as, as painful as it is to hear that, listen to it because chances are pretty high that they may not change their mind. Um, and you know, it really hurts if you hear something like that later. And and I think it takes a lot of guts though, for those people that have told me that to be honest. And so I want to, I want to value that too. We have any more people here in Omaha or any more hands raised? We do now. All right. So this is a phone number. Hi, this is Lisa in South Florida. Thank you for having this uh, seminar. Um, I agree with um, knowing where you're at. And uh, that's, that's really, it's really uh, important to be honest with yourself and what you're looking for. Um, I find it hard to find. I like the, the part about what you know, what you want, what you don't want. And um, I think it's easiest for us to say what we don't want. It's so easy to say we don't want. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. But focusing on what you do want and focusing on what you do want, you actually get that um, energy going to focus on attracting somebody that you do want, of what you do want and being clear. So my thing, I think, is is clarity because it gets so huge and so large, but it's not a list um, per se. Because sometimes people have lists and it has to be the list. It's not the list. It's no good. So I guess the balance between being flexible and having a list is important in knowing what you want. Um, and it's tricky. It's, I find it very tricky. And I, you know, I, I met a friend in ECB, um, not, not any romantic thing or anything, but, um, and not, you know, not, uh, not the same, you know, you know, somebody who's the same sex as me and I'm heterosexual, but, you know, I did get a friendship there and, um, I do online, but, um, very hard to, to uh, you have to really watch the scammers and I agree with that paragraph thing you have to be able to give substance to what you're writing if you're online and you're responding to somebody because there's a lot of scammers that just put put out information and they just they're trolling and uh, I found out if they put your picture on their message that means they don't remember who you are what you look like so they're just putting it there and just saying like oh hi how are you or giving you for women I notice a lot of times they give compliments like you're supposed to like fawn over them because they see your beauty, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, um, it's a, it's a hard road to navigate. I find, and I'm, I'm older. I'm now a senior. can't believe it. Um, and it's very difficult to try to, to meet somebody I find of quality because I'm not looking for quantity. I'm looking for quality. 
Thank you so much for all these questions and all these in, insights that people are sharing. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. I just wanted to touch on something that, that you said, too, as a, as, as a beware. That uh, scamming um, has become really um, intense. And it's, it's um, one thing I would recommend is if you're talking to somebody, if they ask you for money, that's an immediate, that's an immediate stop talking to them. If they're asking you for money, they are definitely part of a scam and they are not interested in you at all. All right. We have Deb as well. Thank you. So I agree with, with everything everybody says. And, and here's my take on it. Um, I've been uh, single now for about 20 years. Um, and, and part of my annoyance is I've dated men that were widowed and that had, you know, been married happily. And they're looking for their wife again, and and they can't move on. And it's heartbreaking because I invested time in a few relationships, and it just after a few, you know, five years or so, like a long time, they just couldn't move on. I mean, one guy is still sitting in his wife's grave, uh, mourning, and I find it offensive when they don't say that out front. They don't say that they're, uh. You know, they say that they want to move on. They say they want a relationship, and they do and indicate everything that they do that want that. And then you come to find out that that's not true, and it's heartbreaking to me. And so I, you know, like the other people in the group, I don't trust online dating because there's a lot of scammers. So I'm pretty much taking myself out of the market, and I pretty much gave up. I I don't believe that you can. And, and and I don't mean to be, you know, Debbie Downer or whatever, but I have had the worst luck. And, and I just don't feel that online dating is a good thing because you get your heart broken and you get people that scam you. And it's like, why put yourself through that? The only thing I can say is at least, at least find somebody local. At the very least do that. At least you know that they're around somewhere, but... Uh, I mean, I don't know that, that I'm, I'm an older, middle-aged person, and I just, I don't know. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank, thank you, Deb. I just had a few comments that, that came to mind. Um, you know, I do think all of us, when we get to a certain point in life, I know I see a lot of times, you know, the people I've written on profiles, I don't want anyone with baggage. I think it's, I do think it's hard to get to a certain place in life where, we don't, we don't have any baggage. I think that it's a matter of taking um, our relationships from the past and the experiences that we've had and being able to compartmentalize those and, and not um, attribute, attribute any of that to a new person. Um, to see them as, you know, as a, as, a, as a new person that we're talking to, that we're forming a bond with and not attribute, well, 10 years ago, you know, so-and-so did this to me. Um, I think there's, there's a, de- a degree of, I kind of look at it as we all have baggage, but can we take that baggage and fit it into a suitcase and put it in the closet? so that we can look at a potential new bond or or new relationship sort of free of that. I mean, we know sometimes the zipper is going to break and a few things are going to fall out here and there out of that suitcase. That's, I think that's life. But you know, Deb, when you're you're talking about people that are still waiting for, they're not past a, a, a wife that they've lost. Um, you know, to me, that's a matter of not being able to 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 compartmentalize that pain and and move on to something new that's not going to be the same, but that's that's going to be different. Um, the other thing that you said, I do want to just touch on. I I think one thing I've come to feel is that there's a difference between online dating, like Match or or 
okay cupid and and meeting somebody um through a group that's online whether it's you know people were talking earlier about playing playing different online games um i talked about whatsapp um because it 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 was a group situation not it didn't become a, a kind of private conversation until um we until there had been communication through the group for about a month there's one more thing and i'd, I'd like to open this to to everybody um i have found uh, some i think it was steve that brought up earlier the complications we face dealing with blindness in the dating world i have found that it is really hard at least in my life to meet people that i connect with locally because I, I belong to a lot of sort of national organizations and, you know, I engage in groups that have people nationally and internationally involved in them. Um, I, I'm, I think sometimes as people that are visually impaired that we involve ourselves in a lot more long distance relationships um, than other people do who can just drive a town or two away uh, or who can, you know, more easily sort of meet somebody at a, at a local bar. I, I'm curious if people have any comments or perceptions about that. Edward. Edward yes. Yeah. Um, I'm finding that long distance relationships and house with the blind. That social media has made it so that it doesn't feel as long distance as it would have ten years ago. Talk to people on on Facebook, and I agree with you uh, because I, I find that when you're in a group setting, no matter who the person is. Um, at least they're in that group setting and you're getting to know them. So you are getting to know them first before you actually talk to them. And no matter where they are, I think that trumps the distance. If you connect with someone, you know, that sort of helps to trump the upbringing. So Edward just said that he, he's kind of perceiving that long distance relationships in general, not just in the blindness community are becoming more common. Um, I get in a lot of ways because of technology and how we can communicate with each other. Um, it, it, it's happening a lot, a lot more just because we have so much more of a global reach now. Um, and he kind of, uh, highlighted what I, what I said about meeting people through groups as opposed to um, just a uh, sort of one-on-one <clears throat> uh, socialization through like a, a, a dating app. Is that, is that accurate? Especially for the Right. Yeah. He just said that COVID sort of accelerated uh, people, people meeting online since that physical um, ability to, to be in person. We didn't really couldn't do that for a couple of years. Yep. Um, Anthony wants to say something here in Omaha. And maybe even like, you know, 
So, you know, it brings So, Anthony just, uh, I think, brought up a really valuable point, which is that online relationships definitely are important and they, and they can definitely be viable, but be much more alert um, when you're dealing with somebody long distance than you might be if it's somebody that's local because um, there are people that may just be kind of needing needing you to to fill fill some empty time uh and you know they may they may sort of disappear for a few days you know when when maybe i don't know when life kind of picks up but you don't you don't want to just be you don't want to just be time filler for somebody you you know you want you want it to be some something that is for both of you um something that's you're nurturing and that's growing and you, you know, looking for some, some consistency. Um, I would also say to, you know, be, if somebody's telling you con- continuous, like wild, crazy stories, or they're telling you things that just don't add up, <laughs> um, you know, I think there's a certain, you need to, to look for a certain um, consistency in that, in that person. Um, if you catch them saying things that just don't seem to make sense, um, you want to, you want to look for, for, um, a, a realness from that person. If something doesn't feel right at a gut level, then there is probably something, something wrong. I had a friend a number of years ago who was, talking to somebody that they had met in a, in a chat group. And uh, he was going to fly um, to visit her. Um, he lived in New York and she lived in California. And the day that he was supposed to take his flight, she got this real uh, kind of upset, desperate message from him that he could not get to the airport because there had been a ton of accidents and the traffic was just outrageous and he could not make his flight. That that's a little bit, I, I, you know, that's, that's a little bit iffy. And ultimately this person, this person just uh, suddenly stopped talking to her, but those kind of things, you know, when you, when you hear stuff like that, that sounds a little bit strange you have to think, you know, maybe they didn't make a flight reservation in the first place and they were, they were just kind of swinging a story along because there are definitely people that do that. And unfortunately there are people that get a kick out of doing things like that. <clears throat> Edward. Okay. So, what you just said. Uh, I actually uh, know some guys there are people out there that that enjoy that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they, they do enjoy it. Yeah, I don't I think Edward was saying two things. Number one, that there are people that unfortunately do like to kind of build this 
fantasy around, you know, dating and it's not, it's not real to them. It's, it's more of just a game. And the other uh, thing that he just said was um, that it can be very hard, you know, when you're communicating with somebody through writing, like texting or, or messages to strike that right balance between, um, you know, wanting to be show interest, but not seeming overly exuberant about it and, and also not seeming cold. Uh, you know, if I could just touch on that, I think one of the most important things about building a bond with someone is, does that person listen to you? And I really got a sense, you know, from, from the, the individual that, you know, I've been <clears throat> building a bond with um, that I knew very early on that they were <laughs> a really um, just awesome person because, you know, and that they were, they were, that they showed interest in our communication because they always asked me questions based on things that I would tell them. And they were always asking, you know, what, what is going on with your day today? And then later, Hey, how did that meeting turn out? Um, or I said, you know, that I had lost my sight due to retinoblastoma when I was a child, which is a rare eye cancer. And they came back to me and they said, Hey, I just, I did some research on retinoblastoma and I had a few questions, you know, that, that kind of, I think you want to look for that sort of is that person engaging in the conversation on a consistent level? Are they asking you questions? Um, are they really listening and are they, um, do they seem really tuned in to what you are saying? Um, I think Anthony wanted to say something. Two or three text conversations and a whole conversation. There's something. There's Anthony was saying that there's only so much you can really get from text conversation, and that at some point, um, you you got to find out whether you can really talk to each other. And that if that other person isn't willing to engage there, there's probably a good chance that there's something not adding up. Uh, we had a couple hands, I believe, in Zoom, correct? Yes. All right. Uh, Sue Ellen. Okay. One thing that I was thinking about, and I wonder if part of the other part of the reason that we as blind people may have trouble connecting with people, more trouble com connecting with people locally than in the more digital world is because they have no choice but right out there in person to be aware of your blindness. And there's still, sadly, a lot of people who are uncomfortable, unsure, whatever. So they tend to back away. Whereas if they meet you in the digital world, you have time to build uh, to build the relationship, to get acquainted, um, for them to know you as a person um, between, you know, texting, messaging, whatever, and then chatting on the phone um, if it builds to that and, you know, what uh, or wherever else. Um, but so that by the time they meet you in person, they already know the whole person, so the blindness is just there. They've already had time to kind of get used to the concept of the blindness. And I wonder if that plays into it at all. Thank you, Sue Ellen. We have uh, Deb. So um, the other thing I'd like to point out to people 
online, go to your local police department and they have a list of romance scams and different scams that are going on locally. Also, AARP and then AARP Fraud Watch Network. Um, I wrote a book about identity theft people and um, they have a lot of information uh, and it's nationwide. You could look at your state and then you could look at what the latest scams are because I believe that forewarned is forearmed and at least you'll have an idea of what's out there rather than just be taken by surprise. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I heard Camille and I think I heard something before that. All right, Camille. So Camille just brought up a personal story that uh, they've been talking to somebody on Facebook who is now constantly asking uh, them if they, they want to be um, their, their girlfriend. And that's not something that they're ready for. So they were asking for advice just because I'm, I'm talking to the mic right now. I would say that person is not paying very much attention to who you are. They want something out of that because if you if you're really interested in somebody chances are pretty good you're not you're not going to you're not going to push like that you're really going to listen to where they are in you know in their lives right now um so that, that i would say that person is is just they have some kind of agenda yeah. it's probably not not a uh, not a positive agenda for you i would I'm, I'm, yeah, I would, I would always advocate blocking in that type of situation because they're, they're not going to quit. And Victor is, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, Edward. um, Camille's situation? Yes. Okay. Camille, um, may I ask, so were you talking to this person? Like, how long were you talking to them for? Um, unfortunately, a lot, and I'm going to say the blind community, but I'm only saying that because that's what I have experienced. In. So no one take offense. No one take offense. Um, a lot of people will try to play the numbers game and talk to you and and other people at the same time. And the first person that says yes, I will date you, that's the person they'll go with. So, so that's good. A rule of thumb is. If somebody's asking you to be their girlfriend online and you haven't really explored a relationship with them, meaning what it's going to look like, uh, what they're looking for, what you're looking for, but, hey, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend, that person automatically, you know, I would say, you would say, you should say just, no, I'm not interested, but thank you, and, and you know, move on because they're generally... They generally have the playing the field. And, yeah. So Edward and Camille just had an exchange uh, where, you know, Edward was saying chances are pretty good that this person is kind of playing uh, the numbers game and, and sending the same type of exchange to like a, a multitude of people. Uh, and, and that, um, 
it kind of goes back to, I think, to what Anthony said about filler. This person is looking for something to fill their lives uh, as opposed to maybe something substantive. And, okay, Victor. Uh, we have senior dancers. I think there are seniors that are listening and participating in this uh, uh, session right now. Uh, I want you to be aware. Check in with your senior centers. They're responsible by your cities because they like events or not cited. And everybody is welcome to those events. And it's a good opportunity to meet part of your community, same as you are, being so So Victor was uh, suggesting that a lot of times, a lot of communities have different um, dances for seniors specifically. So check in with, um, you know, senior centers to see if they have something in, in that vein. Uh, and also a, a lot of churches tend to have some singles um, events for younger people. All right. It's a phone number. Hi, it's Lisa again. Um, you brought to mind something I saw on television, um, one of those, you know, news shows, how there's something called, I think it's, I, forgive me if I don't get it right, catfishing, I think. And there was a woman, she was a thousand different people online. It blew my mind. She was men. She was women. She was bi. She was, you know, she was heterosexual. She was everything. And you just don't know when you're online. That's why after, I think, if you've developed a communication with somebody online, you might want to go to the step of FaceTiming or WhatsApp. Well, WhatsApp is safer, actually. Um, you know, WhatsApp. And I know a lot of, I've met men that have different phone numbers for, for, their, for their online dating. They won't even give out their real phone number, um, which I thought was interesting. That Those relationships never, never developed into anything. But I just thought, I know if it was cautious and practical or, you know, like they're just... They seem to be real, but maybe um, I've met them too, and I just didn't, they were not for me. So I don't know if they're really quality people if they're not wanting to be up front. But um, this person seems like they could be, like you, like that other woman said, you know, it could be a million other people. They could just be trolling, um, just throwing it out there and see who, who baits the hook. So um, we have to be so careful, especially being visually impaired. I am not comfortable writing. It's somewhere buried in my profile, I'll put, I have a guide dog buried in it but you have and if if we answer the same questions and stuff but i don't i feel very vulnerable in letting people know that i'm visually impaired uh, right away uh, because i'm in a busy touristy area and somebody could like you know seek me out easy so anyway thank you <laughs> thank you and we also uh have rob thank you i was going to mention an organization for older gay guys in which I'm very definitely a member. Uh, it's called Prime Timers International. And they have chapters all over the country. Tulsa has one. Um, and it's, it's socializing because older people, older guys have trouble making relationships anyway. Older blind guys have much harder time, but it's good if you start off with the population you're looking for. And older men, or older men. Um, I like younger men myself, but they're, they're, that group does exist. That uh, it could be helpful to some people. Thank you, Rob. It's good to hear from you. Hi there. Good to see you. I understand that I usually know everybody in a room, and I I don't know anybody here. It's incredible shows the growth of BPI. By the way, uh, that's um, that's Rob Hill. That is our first ever president of of BPI. Uh, our our founder. <laughs> and Donna, Donna here. yes. Um, I live in the senior yeah. facility. The night before I left to fly, and the first time I was going 
this point, you say that we might A little bit blind group and we offer and we provide opportunities for learning and all kinds of facilities um, for So Donna was uh, talking about her um, her, her senior uh, living um, uh, facility. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay, uh, you know, and that they have a lot of group activities, and they've they've really put some focus on um, blindness and and low vision, trying to to help people uh, in in the community. Um, engage in activities and, and, and bond with other people. And Donna's here to gain some intel for them to help them with that. <laughs> Wrap it up. You're late. Anyone else want to, want to, want to say anything in the few minutes we have left? Anthony wanted to say something and then we'll take that hand. So Anthony was saying that uh, his his dad had a uh, a good long term relationship with somebody, and when uh, when he and his sister met her um, with their dad over over dinner, uh, this woman basically said that you know he he had not been somebody that she would typically be interested in, but they met on the right day over coffee, and it worked out. So Anthony was kind of saying, um, don't don't exclude people right off off the bat because you think they might be different because you might just have uh you might just have the right chemistry and and don't know it so give folks a chance okay i know we had a hand up in zoom next uh we have rob yep now we got you i thought i quickly mentioned that this very question is one of the things that got bpi started (laughs) i was talking with my gay blind friend here in town talking about this very issue. How do you meet people? Well, we're still talking about it, but we're doing it in a, in a very warm and experienced setting. It's, it's, uh, so we're, we're still talking about the same stuff, and it's, just, it's the same issue, but you're right. working it out together. I, I, I remember us having this conversation in 1999 when they put yes. us in a basement room in L.A., yes. Oh yeah! Yes. Oh yeah! We were just a, just uh just different. It's the same conversation, just different technology mm, now. Mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody here in Omaha and everybody on Zoom for really making this uh, an engaging and an insightful conversation. Um, I'm really glad that I had the chance to facilitate it. 
And, and I thank all of you for, for, for being part of this. And I hope some of you who came to learn some things came out with some, some, you know, useful uh, information. Thank you, everybody.